your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. What's happening, my brother? How we doing, sir? I am great. How about you? Good. You been home all day? Yeah, I uh, I actually had been. We uh, we're starting software in two weeks. Uh. So <laughs> you can imagine what I've been doing for about two weeks. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I it, I mean, I just there were a bunch of people in my office that just started screaming when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet <laughs> we did it to ourselves, though, you know. So, so what was wrong with the old system? I'm just asking. I mean, um, you know, I think it had met um, a situation where we we kind of made it work and crutched it along, and it was um, intake side of things needed to be improved. Um, the flow side of things we weren't just real happy with, and there's just a lot more newer um, ways to get things done. Than, and I think our our support on that side, um, what, I think they're kind of moving on. Like it was kind of the initial program type thing. So, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of funny how you, you how you said you know we had kind of just sort of went along with it for a while and it just kind of it's I wonder how long we actually a lot of times will just stay with it just because it's comfortable as opposed to going to something that we know is going to be way better you know just for not having our like I said my team scream at me because I'm going to change it into something I know is better right. And, and Ted, I'll tell you, I got really, here's when I got really nervous, right? Because usually, you know, you, you know a little bit about our situation. And I, most times when I say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. There's a lot of pushback, right? Mm -hmm. So I had our kind of our management team take a really good look at this. And everybody came back and they said, oh my gosh, let's do it. And that's when I started getting really nervous, right? Because everybody <laughs> said, oh, this will be great. Let's do it. So now I'm like, okay, well, if this doesn't work, you know, this is on you guys, but, um, so I've got, I've got an out now. Usually I don't have that. So, uh, that was, that was sort of a, a different take and a little refreshing. So fingers crossed it actually works. Right. So, but, I mean, you, you get buy-in before, I mean, that's, that's genius. I mean, I wish, you know, that's, that's the problem with a lot of these things is, you know, getting buy-in early enough. Unexpected buy-in too. Yes. Yes. You know, that was, that was the, that was, that was a lot different than what we're accustomed to. Oh, I can imagine, you know, um, like, so when you, so you go through the vetting process, I mean, what's, what's, what does your vetting process look like when you're going through something like that? You know, I actually looked at this one four or five years ago. And at that time, when we looked at it, to me, you know, um, the, the, the medical records side of it just had to be great. Right. Yeah. And I think the more that, uh, I've got involved on the back side of things. It was kind of funny this time around. I was kind of like, metal records will be just fine, but can it? What's the intake process? What's the inventory process? Yeah. Um, how does it allow us? And, and you know, do, do I think this company will allow us to be more innovative and more efficient? Um, because in 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 I think in in our world you know, um, I think we tend to be a little behind a lot of the times and a lot of the processes that are out there. If you think of, um, you know, I think a software system has, it, it's, it's really tough in our world because not only does it have to do medical records, it also has to do an inventory and it's got to run a business side. It's got to sell products. And I think, um, that when you start intermixing, when you start mixing those two, um, that becomes really tough. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of them are perfect you know, I think you got to pick your, uh, your, your, your favorite of the, of the, what do they call it? The best of the worst evils, I guess, type thing, yeah. you know? Um, but I was, I was beyond excited when our, when our team showed the excitement that they did. So. So how early, well, let me ask this question, I guess. Who did you, how, who all did you let look at this process 
before you decided this is the the deal? I mean, was it just your leadership team? Was it the entire team? We we, we did our we did our leadership team. Okay, is is how we did it. And and then, so from from there, what are your next steps? You 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 decide this is going to be the the choice you're going to go to. You have your leadership team buy into it. Then what? We we announced it. Uh, we had a lot. I had a little fun with this one. So we announced it. We have this big meeting uh, at the end of the year. We call it the meeting of the minds. And uh, I, I kind of slow played it, you know, because usually I, I'm a. Uh, I think if you talk to our team, I've got a little bit of a history of being a little. Um, hey, we're you know maybe getting out over my skis a little bit, um, and this is where we're going. This is how we need to do this. And I, I slow played that one and I said, you know, no other things except one thing. Uh, we're actually going to be changing software next year. And, and this was not my idea. This was our management team's idea is kind of how I, <laughs> how I presented that. So that's how our, our team found out was at our end of the year meeting. And, and actually, our, everybody was really excited. I think that, um, you know, when we first started with our current EHR, um, we had a lot of things wrong, but it was just an unknowing. Right. And I yeah. think... Um, it was really neat. Uh, we had a comment from one of our, one of our, on our management team. They said, uh, you know, the way that I look at it, because she and I were both there when we went from paper to EHR and, and that was um, a very frustrating, interesting time as everyone can relate to. Um, and, she, and she said, well, I think this one's just going to be like an iPhone update. And so I said, wow. yes, I think that's, I, I hope you're right. You know? So um, I thought that was pretty interesting and a good, a good way to look at that. So, um, but I, I, you know, I'm hoping because now everything we do, uh, is on computer, you know, maybe this will be a little easier transition. Um, but we're, we're very fortunate. We've got a great team and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. What a great analogy. This is going to be like an iPhone update. <laughs> she said that we just ran with it. Okay. So, yeah. you know, so that was, that was super exciting. Yeah. That's definitely one that you and I can't pull off because if we say something like that, they're going to go, Oh, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> right. right. That was what I was anticipating. All right. Hey, we just knocked off a whole bunch of stuff right there at the very beginning. This is great. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you, I don't know what it is about me doing podcasts when the weather's like this, but every single time the weather's like it is right now outside, we, I just, it's a crusher. Welcome to the Vision of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Ted McElroy. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your wins, have a better quality of life, and become the best leader you can be. Hey, have you subscribed to this podcast yet? Don't miss an episode. They're worth every single thing you paid for them, which is nothing because they're free. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Give us a rating and a review on your specific podcast player. This helps us with our podcast rankings, and makes it easier for people to find us. And as always, please support those who help support us. episode 102 of this podcast, Chris interviewed Justin Kwan, Michelle Andrews, and Richard Ruth. They pointed out that as a profession, we have done a great job of letting our patients know that myopia is not a big deal. If you can see 2020, there is no worry. It is the high myopes that are more danger. And as they said, that message is tragic. Any myopia has a higher risk of maculopathy, glaucoma, and earlier cataract development. In the MySight one-day clinical trials, only 4% of study participants who got ProClear one-days stayed stable in their myopia progression over the three-year period. That means you can confidently say, parent, by not going to a system geared to slow the myopia progression, there is a 96% chance your child's vision will get worse. This may take away some of the choice your child has in the future as to how they will correct their vision. Choice not fear of the disease associations with myopia is what best resonates with parents when it comes to myopia control for their children. And with Cooper Vision's MySight One Day, we now have an FDA-approved single-use contact lens to lessen the progression of myopia in our patients.
Contact your Cooper Vision representative to find out more about MySight One Day contact lenses. Welcome to the Vision of Leadership podcast. I'm Ted McElroy. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Ryan Wood, who's from Missouri, Texas, Tennessee, a couple of other places. We'll get into that. Um, but he is uh, one of the partners at Leet Eye Care, uh, which is based mostly in Missouri. And uh, he and I have gotten to know each other real well from an idea sharing group that we're in together. And I think you're going to find uh, some really interesting ways of looking at practice. And Ryan, I'm just really excited to have you here today with us. Uh, welcome. Ted, appreciate it. Yeah, this is uh, any time that, um, that I get an invite from, from Dr. Ted to hang out, whether that's our wisdom sharing group or just our, you know, our email threads we shared. It's always a great experience. So I, I really appreciate your thinking of us. So. Certainly. Um, I do want to jump right into the thing I kind of alluded to a moment ago. You have a, I wouldn't say it's a unique situation, but it's definitely not something we see every day in a practice setting where you have multiple sites. I mean, lots of people have multiple sites, but you have multiple sites in multiple states. What were y'all thinking? (laughs) You know, I only ask myself that question about every other day, right? Um, no, you know, that came about, um, literally, you know, our, I've, I've been, so, so first off, um, I've been a bit of factor of just being in a great group, you know, our founding partner, um, he's, he's, he purchased the business and he started uh, in 87 and, um, you know, we, we're someone who I feel that, um, you know, they, they've done a very good job of, of keeping up with the times over the years as, you know, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, when, when, uh, when he came out of school, it, it was, you know, he couldn't RX medications, you know, and, and just the change that he went through from, you know, not only the medical side of it, um, but the business side of it from the, the heyday of the cash pay patient to manage vision care and um, I think he did a phenomenal job at, at keeping up. And so I, I've kind of been a benefactor of, uh, I got in with a really good group. I, I, I tell folks all the time, you know, I, I think that um, we're very, very fortunate. Um, you know, we have unbelievable physicians, but maybe I got lucky and got even in an even better business group. Okay. Yeah. Um, which in our world, I think that, that that's uh, kind of the perfect mix, you know, and and, um, you know, when, how we got to multiple states, um, literally I, I came out of school in 2011 and that was our second location. We started, we purchased a, a practice just across town of, you know, we're from, uh, based out of Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I mean, it's literally two miles across town was our, was our second satellite location. Um, it went very well. It, you know, we kind of took a established practice and we were able to, um, you know, increase the revenue per refraction and, and that type of thing. And, um, so we had, I, the other trick I think that has helped us, I started out working for our practice as a technician. And so I worked there for three and a half years in the summers and over winter break. And so our partnership team, they knew kind of who they were getting and what type of person I was. And so they kind of let me do my own thing over across town, you know? Yeah. And so that seemed to work very well. So we just kind of always, you know, we hire students in the summer and we've been very fortunate that we've kind of had a, a network that's kind of kept coming through the, through the ranks and everything. And so, um, in 2016, um, we had two docs that were coming out, one of which um, was one of our partner's sons, uh, Dr. Jake Lee was coming out of school, and the other one was Dr. Luke Crater, and Luke and his family were, had been from this area and um, wanted to practice in this area, but we just didn't really have a spot. We were purchasing another location, our third location for uh, Dr. Jake Lee, this was in Jackson, which was really close to Cape, uh, literally like seven miles, maybe door to door, you know, and I don't know the exact, but it's, it's close. Um, and we didn't really have a spot for Dr. Crater, but we knew we liked him and we wanted to give him an opportunity. And so we said, well, is there anywhere close you'd want to go? And, and he, he, he threw out two, uh, two cities, he said, and which are really not close, but he threw out, uh, you know, Nashville. Cause I think, you know, who doesn't want to go to Nashville at this time, this is 2016. And then he said, Denton, Texas, um, because his family also owned a business down in Texas. And so, 
uh, he didn't say Denton. He said, he said, Texas is what he said, Dallas, Texas. And so we literally, um, you know, it was kind of similar process to tell, you know, buy a house, you go online you you find there's, there's, uh, websites that have practices for sale. We found one and we ended up in Denton, Texas. And in that it went very well for us. So, um, we kind of just kind of, we, we kind of took a risk and, um, we figured that, you know, worst case scenario, if we could turn the practice around a little bit, if it didn't work out um, on, on our side, or if Dr. Luke wasn't happy there that, you know, we'd, we'd got a practice in the DFW area that um, surely some student would want to go to Dallas is kind of the way that we looked at it. So we, yeah. we gave it a shot. So what were some of the hurdles that you were not expecting going across state lines that you would have thought, well, this has got to be pretty easy. I mean, you know, it's just an optometry practice. How hard could it be? You know, um, we're, we're very fortunate. Um, you know, one of the hurdles I think that is a little different that you got to consider, um, is, um, you know, some States require you to be licensed, all of ownership to be licensed in that state. Um, some don't require you to be licensed in that state. And if you're required, well, then now you've got kind of a different set of, uh, annual CEs that you have to accumulate and, and those types of things is one that's a little bit different um, that we didn't anticipate, you know, of course, um, the credentialing process is a little bit, um, you know, if you're, if you are practicing or if you think you may practice, well, then you've got a credential again, for different, different, uh, insurers and, and that type of thing. So that's something that was a little challenging, but it's nothing different. It's just a, um, little, you know, just sort of submit to the, to the other state, you know, type thing. Yeah. But there, and there weren't any kind of big legal hurdles or anything like that, as far as incorporating across state lines or anything like that. No, and what we have, we have them set up as they're separate entities. Okay. So, so we formed different, you know, different tax ID. They're all um, we're in three states, and we've got three tax IDs on on that side of it. So we we did it that way, but we also figured we said, well, you know, uh, worst case scenario, um, whether that's we decided to. Um, you know, purchase more practices or bring on more partners. Um, you know, it's not all one umbrella. It's kind of three separate umbrellas. So it allows us a little bit, of, a little bit more flexibility to, um, to do things being that way. What are some of the big advantages of having the practices in three different states? Um, you know, the big advantages that I, I think is that it's really neat. Um, I'm, I can kind of, uh, I can geek out a little bit when we talk about optical and frame management and inventory and, and that type of thing. So I think it's really, a, it's a, it's kind of cool to see what sells in different parts of the, of the country, you know, like what's and we're all kind of, you know, Midwest or the South, if you will, that type of thing. But um, it's interesting when you break it down by brand um, what sells and, and we've got a lot of inventory and a lot of data there. You know, so I think that's been that's been very beneficial to us as far as um, look at, when you start looking at your turn rates and things along those lines. So y'all are up to how many practices now? We are currently at five locations. Okay, so- we had six, but we just merged um, our, our that original Cape office I was mentioning earlier into our main Cape location as we're building a new facility. So you've got Cape, you've got Jackson, and you've got. Uh, Denton and Flower Mound, Texas. Is that correct? Denton, Flower Mound, Texas, and then Jackson, Tennessee. Okay, Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. So, um, with with those choices, um, are all the communities similar? I mean, well, you know, I would presume Flower Mound and Denton are probably a little bit more urban, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, correct. So, um, what are some of the things that you're learning from the urban practice? that you're teaching the rural practices with and what are some of the things you're learning from the rural practices that you're teaching the urban practices with? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, we're, I would say that the most similar Cape Girardeau and Jackson, Tennessee are very similar, mm-hmm. um, very similar demographic, very similar type of, um, you know, working population. I mean, it's, it's really, um, those, those types of practices, uh, you know, Jackson, Tennessee practices very similar how we do here in Missouri. Um, the DF Denton and Flower Mound, um, is just a very transient population, you know, um, it, and it's one where we kind of, you know, there for a few years, we kind of made the, the joke of saying, you know, when are we going to check someone's eyes from actually from Denton, 
you know, because everyone was from somewhere and, you know, we've always been a big, um, you know, we'd pre-appoint patients and there it was, it's just kind of amazing to see, you know, that schedule may start out the day in Denton, Texas with, you know, five to 10 people there. And at the end of the day to have 15, 20, you know, and we're like, yeah. holy cow, you know, all, all these add-ons and, but the pre-appoint side of it is a lot more difficult you know, because most of the folks, um, they don't, they don't live there anymore. They moved on and they're in a different, they're, you know, they took a different job and they, um, and so it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely been a little different. We've got to think a little different in Denton, Texas and, and Flower Mound, um, just for those types of reasons. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I think it all comes down to, you know, that, that, great customer service, taking care of people, doing the right thing. And, and I think that's, um, that's helped us in, in some of those settings too, you know? So with this many locations, I'm presuming uh, that some of your processes had to really be honed really mm-hmm. well. Uh, mm-hmm. What were, what were some of the ones that you guys just worked and worked and worked at to get working smoothly? You know, uh, one of the big steps that we did, you know, initially when we started this, uh, all of our billing was, um, we, it was third party. We had a, we had a company that was doing our billing for us. And that one thing we did is we brought it back in house. Um, and we, you know, I, what we try to do is, you know, anything that we can do behind the scenes to allow our teams to just take care of patients that are in that office or that are on that phone talking with those patients, um, we try to do it behind the scenes. And that's something that, um, you know, we've, like I said, the, the billing and coding side of it, um, the, um, so they, they post all the payments, they take care of everything on the back end for all of our locations. Um, you had alluded a little bit to a call center though. Um, infrastructure has been set up. We haven't really, um, answered for all offices just yet. It was a little bit of an internet issue there and struggle to, to get all that where it needs to be. Um, but those are, those are things that, that we've tried to do. Um, our intake process, we've worked really hard on that to, you know, get it all where you can, you know, do your other paperwork online and, and, and do things, um, you know, solution reach. We've, uh, we've used, um, payment processes where, you know, you can text a patient to pay and, and do different. We just try to be very uh, innovative and efficient with a lot, a lot of different processes there. So which was the harder practice to open the third one or the fifth one? The hardest one for us has been the flower mound, which has been the most recent one because that was our first one. We've started cold. Oh, Okay. And that just hasn't been our MO. And, yeah. and so we just, we don't know time frames, right? I mean, I can tell you, um, you know, when you, when you're adding on locations, it's a three to five year process mm-hmm. um, before you really are able to get the team on board, you know, get the team you may need, um, implement the processes, make the changes. Um, and I think with starting cold, it's nice in some respects because it's fresh, but you also don't have that patient base. So it's kind of, you know, we've, it's been a little slower uh, flip on that side of it, but it's, it's definitely been interesting. So I think that's been our toughest one. It was just that one we started cold because everything that I've always done or we've been a part of has been, okay, here's uh you know, here's 1500 charts, uh, go do your thing, you know? And so that one's been, that one's definitely been a little different. So, I mean, why did you decide to do something cold? If if you've done so well with, you know, these acquisitions, why do something completely different? So the, what we, what it came down to was the startup cost was very similar. Okay. Is, is what it, is what it came to. And we knew we wanted to be, and what we had hoped to do, um, the, the, we picked the, the location of flower mound, because of its, um, because how close it is to Denton. So we're hoping to build a little bit of a brand there mm-hmm. um, and do something similar to what we've done here in Missouri. Okay. And with this cold start, um, what so far have you, were you not expecting that turned out amazingly well? Hmm. So 
I think that the I'm very we've got we may have our you know like our optical design and the flow of the building we're in a 1500 square foot building is what we're in right now and uh, we you know with our design team come together um, figured out how to make that efficient for one provider it's got uh, two exam lanes in it and our whole goal there is to start you know to grow it to where in a few years down the road that um, hey we're going to need a little larger facility you know Mm -hmm. we wanted to start small do a small lease um, and go from there but um, I was I was very pleased with um, the way that we were able to design that space and make it efficient because we're, we're usually used to much larger facilities. Yeah. Is, is um, this practice also one of the ones that's in your phone tree system or is it something that's outside of the phone system? And we'll get into yeah, so, what the phone system so the is in just a second. So too. they're all, so that call, so the call center, um, you know, what, what we did and you, you had asked a little bit about this earlier, but what, what we did is, and this was before the weave side of things, we've had this in place for a while, um, especially as we started acquiring these other locations. Um, we've, got a, we've got our own internal system. And the way that it works is it connects via VPN um, to the other locations. So they're, all of our offices currently, um, you know, we can, you know, we can dial an extension and it'll dial from Missouri down to Flower Mound or it'll dial down to Jackson, Tennessee, just by putting in the extension. Um, and all of the calls at those locations roll back through our Cape Girardeau office and they go back to that office. Mm-hmm. And we were a little limited initially because of internet. What was so one of the challenges, uh, it was kind of interesting. I think the, um, you know, to me, you know, Southeast Missouri internet, I think I just assume would be a lot slower than let's say Denton, Texas internet, you know, but I think what's happened sometimes in these metropolitan areas is that their growth has outseated, has, has, has exceeded their infrastructure. And so, you know, we actually struggle with their internet connection sometimes in Denton and Flower Mound um, and the availability side of things, whether we could do a fiber type connection uh, and, you know, download, upload speed and those types of things. And so that was a little limiting, but now um, a few years down the road, we're able to do, you know, fiber connections at a much more affordable price. That was part of the problem initially with fiber. It was just crazy expensive. And so now we're able to do that at a much more affordable price. Um, and so now all locations roll back through. So. So you got five practices running through one call center. Mm-hmm. How many people are manning the call center for you? Well, that's the thing. We're not answering, like we've got those calls going back to those staffs currently. So that's like the next phase, right? The next phase would be now we're going to answer calls. But part of the problem is, or part of the problem was we were running two different EHRs as well. So because we wanted to try one out and just one of the practices we acquired had the one we wanted to kind of uh, see if we liked it or not. And so we went a completely different route. So now um, after the next month or so, we'll have them all on the same EHR. And I think that was probably be the next step to grow that back backside team is now this would allow us a little easier to answer, answer calls from all the, all the different locations. So why is it so important that you're doing all this stuff back backstage as opposed to just having your you know front desk person answer the phone at the front desk? So for us, I think that it allows us a, a few things. One, um, the patients or the guests that enter those locations, I want that team only focusing on the folks that are in that office. I mean, I think that would be the ultimate goal, the ultimate uh, concierge, highest level of customer service. And anytime the phone's ringing, um, you know, you, you're, you're taking attention away from that guest, right? And so I think that the way that we look at it is say, okay, well, there's many things we can take to the back. We're only improving that guest experience. And that's like the ultimate long-term goal. You know, is it possible? No, there's some things that are just hard to answer, not on site. But if we could take 80, 90% of the call volume off, um, then it also allows us to be much more efficient too with having folks that are dedicated to not to just answering calls. You know, for instance, um, we get at our Missouri locations, um, we get about 
300 incoming calls a day. And um, we've got two team members that answer 95% of those probably. Wow. That's very impressive. So you can be much more efficient and, you know, they, they've got to be good. I mean, and our, our team is, they're very, very good. Um, you know, they got to answer the things they can answer quickly. And so you know, what, what we really stress with our team is, you know, like your, your buttons in your EHR that show is something arrived or has something been picked up or is it on order? You know, you've got to be really good with those buttons because if, you know, if your team, you know, uh, we've always struggled. Our team is like, I just don't want the phone. I don't want the call. Well, if you make sure you put everything correct in the HR, the call center will be able to answer majority of calls. Are you, are y'all really uh, big on making sure also that, that, I mean, in our office, we call them alerts, you know, where people are putting the notes in for the conversations they had with a guest. Um, they've said, you know, this is, this is what's what, and those kind of, is that a very important detail that you're having to deal with as well? You have to, I think you have to, and especially in a situation like this, where, you know, you've got someone across town answering that call. Uh, and again, if we want to help with that volume, then we, if you, as long as you put your alerts in, they'll be able to take care of that, that information for you, you know? So I, I think it's imperative. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a, a common thing that keeps rearing its ugly head in our office meetings is, Hey, y'all know we, when, you know, you talk to Mrs. Johnson about her contact lenses, no one put a note in there. So we basically ended up giving her two sets of contact lenses because we didn't realize she already gotten them, you know? So, right. you know, the NOS kind of a, it, it just seems like it happens a lot. And that's something that what, what, what we've found is that um, the, the larger that, uh, structure this this uh, entity has become only the more difficult that is well, sure <laughs> you know, everybody on the same page but um it just you know it allows us i mean on the you know the the bit like the you know i don't know to what depths that you, that you want to go with this but uh, you know the the back side is your um like your your staff calls and i mean it just allows it to be more efficient you know because that person can answer that i mean calls when they're dedicated just able to do it and, and when you've got multiple locations it starts to at some point it starts to make quite a bit of sense yeah so where do most of the ideas that you guys get come from you know um I, we we've been i i've only known the only um group that I've ever known and been a part of has been the vision source side of things. And, um, those meetings have always been great. Um, you know, a lot of our ideas too, um, as, as you and I were benefactors of this and we met through our, through our wisdom sharing group, you know, and I think that, um, those types of things, it's, it's always been, um, you know, very beneficial, to get in a situation very similar to this and just talk, Hey, here's what we're trying to figure out. What are you guys doing? How did it, how did it work? You know, good idea, bad idea. Um, and, and those are, that has always been a big help to us. And I also think that, you know, just thinking outside of the box sometimes, and that's um, we've, we've been very fortunate um, that, you know, we've always sort of made time and, you know, cause it gets hard as a group to, it gets hard to meet and it gets hard to get everybody on the same page. Um, and we've always, we've always made the time to sit and reflect and think and listen to our team, you know, like the meeting we alluded to earlier of going, okay, Hey, what's our problems that we're having? Okay. How, hey, last year we did an awesome job, but let's talk about the problems and let's most importantly, let's talk about ideas and how to solve those problems. And so I think that, you know, the, the, the answer that I would give there is not only the wisdom sharing amongst our peers as optometrists and administrators, but also just asking our team too. And I think that that sometimes is a little something that gets overlooked that. Um, but I think the challenge is always, um, and this may have been something you brought to one of the wisdom sharing groups is it's okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. Don't come with me with problems. Come with me ideas, you know, come, let's come with ideas. And that's something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We stole that one from you, Dr. Ted. So, um, we, we, we make sure, Hey, if you're coming to us, let's come with ideas. Um, and that's something that has, has really helped. Um, I think, you know, it, it's really helped our, our chemistry within our office too, you know? 
Well, I'm going to give credit to who that really came from. That was my wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no joke. Uh, when, when I first started my practice, I was, I had, I was in practice with a, with another doctor for a while. And then I bought a, bought a practice from a guy named Robert Coleman here in Tifton who had started this practice here in 1941. And, uh, it was, a it was a really, really progressive practice when he started it. And just like, you know, a lot of times you start getting to where you kind of get to that level, you just sort of stay there. And, and he did a better job than most of continuing to transition, but it got to a point where it was just kind of hard for him to just keep on, you know, doing stuff. So I bought his practice. And, um, it, when I, when I'm started in that practice there, um, Kristen decided to stop doing the job she was doing in banking and come and basically run my practice as the office manager and, uh, you know, the business side. I mean, she had probably forgotten more things about business at that point than I probably even knew at that point. Um, so thank God, you know, that God put her in my life to take care of those kind of things, but still with her situation, it, it never failed. You know, when people had something, they would come to me with a, their problem, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, we'd come home, we'd talk about it. And she goes, okay, here's the deal. You, you, they kind of stop just coming to you with problems. They're going to start coming to you with some solutions to go along with their issue because all they're doing is they've not thought about it at all. All they know is they got a problem and they want you to fix it. And until they've given some kind of forethought to this, there's not really anything that's going to be going to work. Cause if it's all coming out of you to fix the problem, they're not going to support it. So at least let them have something to bring to the table. Um, you know, that's going to make it a little bit easier. So honestly, it was the lady on the other side of the door in the room I'm sitting in right now that came up with that idea. Yeah. And, and it was, and it's been brilliant and it's saved me a lot of angst a lot of times too, because as one of my other guests, Larry Savage uh, said, you know, basically everybody in the world has a monkey on their back and they walk into your office and they put that monkey on your desk. Your job is to make sure they leave with their monkey. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's there's a lot of wise and wisdom in that one. Yeah. Um, so your meeting of the minds, how did you guys come up with that concept um, to do that sort of thing? You know, I think that would go to our founding partner, Dr. Greg Lee. Um, you know, that when I, I came on as a technician in 2007 and uh, they had me there over Christmas at my first meeting of the minds, you know, and they've been doing that for a long time. I honestly don't know when the first one was. Um, but I hear stories of, you know, when there was four team members and now we're, you know, under 50, just under 50 in, in three states, you know, type thing. And we, we still have it. And uh, what we do is we, we have, you know, each state kind of have, we have their own uh, meeting of the minds every year, that type of thing. And, um, but it's been, um, I, I honestly, I don't know if that was uh, something he got from a wisdom sharing or from, uh, you know, vision source or uh, where, where that came from. Um, or if that was his original idea, I, um, I'm, I'm not certain, but, um, I know they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And, and I tell you that the best thing about any of these kind of wisdom sharing things is coming into it with a humble mindset that you don't know everything. In fact, I, mm-hmm. something else I learned from somebody, I can't remember who exactly, I think this may have been an Andy Stanley thing. I heard it the first time my goal, when we go into any of those meetings is trying to be the dumbest person in the room. Um, because it's amazing how much you can learn when you're just willing to say, okay, all these people have got way more knowledge than I have by myself, you know, and the amount of stuff I'm going to bring home, I can't possibly implement all this stuff either, but wow, it's amazing how much gets shared in these things. Mm -hmm. What is probably maybe the, one of the biggest take homes you had in one of our idea sharing, uh, weekends um from a just uh like customer service side of things from a business you know and whatever just whatever whatever you like you you be the judge you know i i say the the um the one that's probably been the biggest success for us has been from uh dr russ and our group uh, out, of, <laughs> out of minnesota um and um that we we do our we do our free frame on the second pair Mm-hmm. that's probably, that's probably been, um, one of the best ones that we've implemented and it's gone very well for us across all of our locations. Now that that just, how did that change what you were doing? Well, um, so when, when we, what we were doing is we were doing 50% on the second pair. 
Right. Okay. And, uh, and at the time it was right after, uh, Essilor had the program of what was the, what was that? It had the, the new lens with the transitions and the, it was a the free, ultimate, free the ultimate, yeah, ultimate, uh, package. Ultimate lens package. There you go. Yeah. And you know, what was interesting about the ultimate lens package is that our second pair sales, while we were able to offer that really saw a big uptick, you know, and, uh, we sat back and we thought about it and, um, we had, we had thought about doing free frame, like when, you know, whenever they took the program and they changed that, uh, ultimate lens package program where it was, you know, the free second pair, whatever it was to us or the patient, I forget exactly how it, how it was structured. But anyways, um, then we went to wisdom sharing and, you know, Dr. Russ was there and he was telling us, so this is what we do. We've been doing it for a long time and it works great. And so it came back with it and we started implementing it. But um, so what we do there is we just give, we just provide a free frame on the second pair rather than 50% off. And I think the, the word free sure does resonate really high with, with patients. Yeah. So, and that's been a really good one for us. Yeah. I think I heard Walt West one time say there's two words in the English language. Everybody likes to hear new and free. Right. You know, and it's amazing how many heads you can turn with just those two words. Right. Um, you know, and I, you know, we all know down deep inside, it's not free, 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 like the commercial it's, you know, there's something that's attached to it, but there's still that, you know, feeling like you're getting some sort of value out of it. You know, it can't be just junk free. It's gotta be something good free out of it. Uh, so that's something that really is helpful. Um, so we're let's how do you how do you go about taking <laughs> 17,000 ideas out of a weekend and right. boiling it down into uh, your top 3 so when we when we have those weekends and we have our we have our wisdom sharing i think that um you know someone dr ted also had something there about picking your top 3 knocking three off your list and going on to the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've really taken that strategy to heart and we try to work on it, not only with myself, with our management team, like we're always trying to work on three things. And, um, you know, I think that we, we try to pick, um, something that's a little difficult long-term, something that's a little easy that we can knock out pretty quick. Um, and, you know, I honestly, um, I feel like a lot of those, you may be doing something similar, but just not exact. So maybe it's just, some of those are just a tiny tweak, you know, right. um, that you're able and, and can implement things very well. And, and some of them are much longer, you know, some of them, uh, let's say for instance, um, coordination of benefits, right. I mean, that's just not the easiest thing in the world to, right. to, to go after. We've been working really hard with it. I mean, probably for the last, 12, 18 months and really changed the way that we're practicing and the way we're doing some things on the back end. And, um, because I, I do think, you know, uh, a topic like that is something that, you know, anything that anytime that you could become a little more medical, um, is not a bad, it's not a bad thing, you know? Um, and that's something that we're, we're working hard at, but that's a, that's a much longer one, you know, compared to something like, let's say, um, Hey guys, we're going to change our second pair offer. We're going to offer free frames instead of uh, 50% off the whole, um, purchase. And, um, so some of them, some of them are much easier to do and some of them just, just take a lot longer. These last, um, couple of years have probably brought more change into our businesses than anything I can think mm -hmm. of before, uh, for right. all sorts of different reasons, you know, it wasn't just all COVID. It was a lot of other things that happened at the same time. So what was the biggest mistake you made and what did you learn from it? Over the last 18 months? Yeah, we'll say the last 18 months, two years, something like that. Oh, man. Um, biggest mistake that we've made. You know, um, I, I think what the, I'd say the hardest thing to navigate through all of it um, is just that I, I think that you know, we want to make sure that as a business, you know, 
we we want to i mean you always respect your patient but i think this has been a very very trying time of um you know everyone has their own beliefs um whether that belief um is uh let's say on to 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 one side or another and i think that the hard, the the hardest thing is just we want to project we want to stay right in the middle you know mm-hmm. um because it's you know i i'm with our team and with our staff, it's one that, you know, we want to make sure that we respect everybody's opinions with this and everybody's concerns with this. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think on the, on that side where um, you just have to take every situation for as it is. And you try to just have to try to make the best decisions. I think we spent a lot of time and effort in the beginning to, um, make sure that we were trying to uh, stay in front and try to stay kept up. And at the end of the day, things were changing so quickly that I think you had to have a good uh, um, feeling about what you thought was right and what wasn't and just treat everybody the same. And I think that was the the hardest thing to do um, through all of it where um, in three different states, you know, yeah. and, and, and lots of different folks and opinions and, and um, trying to be respectful of all of those opinions. And, and I think that, you know, I think we did a very good job of, you know, maybe not um, doing what we thought was right. And for each situation, maybe not necessarily um, what our personal beliefs may have been, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, did you like find yourself in some unwinnable debates along the way? You know, I honestly, our team, I, I really, I mean, kudos to them. We really, um, you know, if we, if we didn't have, if we had to shut down some days, we shut down. If we, I mean, they, they really um, did a great job with handling the situation and, and kudos to our management team because they did, they just, they took care of it. And we're very fortunate that we've got folks that I feel make really good decisions, regardless of if that decision may have been different three or four years ago, yeah. you know? Um, whether that comes to time off or, you know, uh, doing what they thought they had to do. And just, I think we just try to take care of our team the best we could. And and we've been very fortunate and lucky that um, I think our team has recognized that it's also just a a very hard, unique situation. Yeah. Yeah. It has been, Um, you know, I, I had this reason I was asking about the debates. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, and it's almost like, sometimes I think, our guests are kind of goading us into the, the debate a little bit, you know, and it's hard to right. stay out of it. But when I was a kid, I had this poster on my wall. It was a Murphy's law poster. It had all these little say, you know, the one of everybody knows is if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong in the worst possible moment. Right. But there was, there were, uh, there was one of them on there though, that I think resonated with me more than anything else I'd ever had. It was never argue with an idiot. People may not know the difference. And what, <laughs> what that started told me was, you know, sometimes I'll get in a, an argument or a debate with somebody and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I think I'm the idiot here. I, you know, I, you know, and, and where, where do you bow out and go, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, or, you know, or, and that kind of thing. And so, uh, it's been a, a big learning lesson for me for the last definitely two years in what I do and don't know. And, and being okay to say, ah, yeah, what a, right. I, okay. I mean, you know, I kind of, I think I, I think part of the reason I stumbled, I don't think I answered your question the best is what, it, what was the biggest thing you did wrong. And I, I think you just kind of summed that up. There were probably so many things that we, that we did wrong, you know, um, it was hard. It's kind of hard to pick just one there, um, <laughs> to, to be honest with you, you know, um, but that's, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think what I'm most proud of our team is that we just, we, they showed up and we showed up with a positive attitude and we made the best of it and we all respected each other, you know? And I think that's something that, um, was, was very, um, I know it sounds probably really easy, but I think it's something that was very difficult, um, during, you know, it's not, you know, still continuing to this day, but, you know, it's been, it's definitely been a challenge. Do you think you're tireder now than you were doing this job back in 17 and 18 tireder yeah just more more worn out yeah you know um i think that's probably pretty accurate just um you know that was uh 
um, you know, because especially, um, you know, I guess it was March or April of the, of 20 when it kind of really, um, you know, we were shut down for a while and how long we're going to be shut down for and when can we open back up? I mean, that one, that one weighed on us a lot because, you know, at the end of the day, we're responsible for, you know, 45 families, you know, and, um, that one, that was, uh, that was probably as, as tough and, and gut wrenching as, as it's come to on our side, just knowing, you know, we, we want to, to make sure we're able to provide for all of these folks, you know, and, um, I think we're still recovering from trying to try and trying to, you know, policies and things we've had to change and, um, you know, getting, getting caught back up. I mean, and, and then, you know, after we have started back up, I mean, you know, we were very fortunate and, you know, had probably our most productive year that we've had and, and in this, in 2021 and, um, you know, in, in a situation where we were, we were understaffed and, and, um, whether that was, um, you know, uh, folks that had, had taken a different job or just needing to add on more, um, you know, we've, we've been understaffed this year and, and, and they've done a phenomenal job of, of, um, getting everything done that we need that we need to get done you know so not just i think the administrative side is exhausted but our but our our team on the front lines is just as equally if not more exhausted as well you know yeah i think it's the shortage of people i think there's the there's the no shortage of of stuff to do um Mm -hmm. you know it's and just the just the amount of decisions we got to make now, it's just so many more decisions. decisions. And I, I think that, you know, the other side, and as far as the the shortage too, I think a lot of folks uh, reevaluated their situation. You know, I think a lot of folks went, you know, um, Hey, this was, this was nice that, you know, one of the, one of the uh, household members was, was home and was able to help with the children and, and um, you know, run to events and school and those types of things. And I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks said, you know what, we're going to make this work and this is better. This is better for our life, you know, and, and I think, I mean, kudos, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Anytime you better yourself for your, for your family. I think that's the the absolute, you know, best thing you can do. And um, I think there was some of that where, where folks just kind of uh, reflected on their situations and the hustle and the bustle and, um, you know, maybe, maybe mix it up a little bit. So I think that was, I think that's been a little bit of a challenge as well. So is this how you thought it was all going to work out? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you go back and you looked at where you thought you'd be uh in 2011. Sure. What's what's way different now than than when you thought you were going to be in 2011? Oh man. Um you know we came when when I came on, um, it was we had three providers and now we've got ten and um I don't think any of us ever expected that this was going to head the way that it that it has. And then um you throw uh the the eighteen month wrinkle we've had here recently in into the mix and um it's really been it's been a really interesting ten years and and in fact too, I think that you know, you look back um, on how our practices have changed and the technology that's changed. Um, you know, I've been in it 10 years now. I came out of school in, like I said, like you said, 2011. And so um, this year would be my 11th year of practice. And it's, it's amazing to kind of sit back and look back, sit back and reflect on just the changes in practice that have occurred, you know, from, from paper to electronic to, um, you know, what patients are able to do on their cell phone where they can shop their frames now on, on our website. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, somebody told me one time, uh, I wish I could remember who it was, uh, at one of our GOA meetings, he said, I was asking him about how things are going. He said, you know, things have changed more in the last five years than they did in my first 45 years of practice. And this guy was, you know, finishing 50 years of practice. He was, you know, uh, I think it was Dr. Pinckney who passed away. But when I said that, I was like, wow, I've never thought of that. But he is absolutely right. Every five years is way faster than every other, however long it's been before, how fast it's changing. Um, Yeah. 
and, and it's just sometimes just hard to keep up with it, uh, to be honest. Oh, certainly. Um, and, I, and I think, I mean, I really think, you know, our industry as a whole, like, you know, especially on the, the optical and the contact lens side of things, we're so far behind retail. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of frustrating, honestly, you know, um, that, that things work and we, we are, 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 products are sourced the way that they are and they're um, it's just, we're so far behind times. I think that, I mean, I think even the next five years is that now they're starting to, some of this is starting to come around, I think. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're starting to catch up a little bit, which I mean, we're starting to catch up now. We're probably still five, 10 years behind where we need to be, but I think it's, I think it's going to change a lot to come. So as you're looking into this next five years, um, what's the one thing that you would really like to see change in our profession? <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, and I don't know how, I think that the managed vision care side of things has got to change a little bit um, regarding the fees. Um, I've been, you know, out for, since 2011 and those haven't changed. I think that uh, like your examination fees, you know, um, I think that if you go to the optical side of it, I think that, you know, we have absolutely, you know, have to figure out a way to, to combat online. Um, it's probably only going to get better before, you know, it's probably not going to get any worse. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think that we absolutely still have a place. I think that as far as with the, you know, selling frames and lenses. Um, but I think that if we're not preparing for it, then we're going to be way behind, you know. Um, and I think that that's where I think a lot of our um, change comes into becoming that optical industry because now um, the optical side of things, because, you know, everybody wants product now. They want to be able to look on their phone now. They want to delivered two days later. Um, and I mean, that has been a tremendous disruptor, I feel like. And I think that if we don't figure something out, then someone else is going to, you know. If they haven't already. If they haven't already. That's right. Well, uh, Ryan, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I can't thank you enough for, for spending some time with me. And, sure. uh, just you're sharing some more ideas. It's, it's uh, what this is all about, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, I appreciate it. Hey, thank thank you for thank you for having us. Uh, we we really we really appreciate your thinking of us. Um, and you know, ever need us again, let us know. You got all this. Is this Cardinal stuff on the wall behind you there? Uh, yes, we've got some Cardinals. There's some, uh, there's, yeah, it's, that's pretty much about all there is here in Southeast Missouri, you know? Yeah. So, so is there going to be a ball game? Is there going to be a season this year? Man, I sure hope so. Yeah. I, I haven't, um, kept up with as much as what I did at one point in time. Um, but I, I did, I just saw where I just recently saw they were talking about pushing it back. Maybe or no spring training. Is that what I saw? One of the two, I forget yeah. what it was. And I mean, you know, normally heck, uh, you know, pitchers are, are reporting in three weeks typically. And, uh, you know, then first of March it's, you know, it's full scale spring training and, uh, it's looking like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Hope I, I sure hope so because there, it'll be a lot of upset folks in Southeast Missouri. I know that oh. if there's, there's, there's not a baseball season. Well, so. there'll be a lot of folks in Georgia upset now too, since we finally got another championship, that would be uh, disastrous for us. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, and it's one where, you know, I went to school there in St. Louis. And so at one time, I mean, you know, was very, very fortunate. got to go to a lot of Cardinal games and, you know, and then when, you know, you couldn't go to the games and my wife and I, we would go to a lot of them and everything. And, you know, now anymore, we, we just, we haven't been, you know, yeah. and now this it's uh, with all these streaming services there, you know, um, it's tough to, it's tough to watch them sometimes. So I haven't followed them as much as, as what I normally did, you know, and I keep up with them on the app and things like that. But 
Um, I mean, there was a, you know, growing up here, and I'm sure, you know, in Georgia the same way. I mean, I remember every night my grandpa had the radio on, mm-hmm. you know, had, had Jack Buck on the radio, listening to the Cardinals. And that's just how it was like every night. Like yeah. that's, that's what, that's how it worked, you know? And, um, so a lot of fond memories of that. And we've been, we've been very, very lucky over the years as, as you guys have too. I mean, there were some great series there in the nineties and everything, um, you know, Cardinals and Braves. And I, I was able to go to a few of those games. It was, it was great. I actually, uh, have a really good memory of a game. Um, so it was, it would have been early. Well, it would have probably been a, I guess it would have been April. Um, like right at the beginning of the season, we had a series against you guys and uh, it was in Memphis at school at the time. And we had gone over to somebody's house to eat uh, the, that night. Just a bunch of couples got together and we're going to grill out and stuff. And and I looked at Eric Rainer and I said, you know, the Braves are playing the cards um, this weekend. He goes, yeah. And he goes, we should go. And I go, exactly. So the <laughs> next day, like eight of us loaded up into two cars and drove with no tickets yeah. just to go up there. We sat in the, you know, on the third field, uh, overhang. Um, you could barely see the players. We were set. Such that's, old, that's old Bush too. Wasn't yes, it? The round Bush stadium. Yeah. 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 Just like, and just like the launch pad in Atlanta, you know, basically it was the same baseball stadium, you know, it didn't really yeah. matter. Yeah. And, uh, we drove up there and on the way back, we stopped in Sykes in Missouri and went to Lambert's. Lambert's. Yes. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up eight miles from Lambert's. Oh, uh, my, my hometown is eight miles from Lambert's. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a great meal. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's as good as it gets for sure. Yeah, we didn't catch any baseballs, but we did catch a lot of rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 